This is News from the Peak. I'm Joe Mamlin. It seems too obvious to say that there's a lot going on in the world right now. After recording this episode, we thought a lot about the timing and whether or not it was the right time to release it. Like everyone, we've been moved in so many ways by recent events, and we just wanted to make sure that we aren't coming across as oblivious to the very, very serious issues that we're all facing. But then when I listened back to the recording to produce the final product, it actually started to feel right to release this now. You see, while there are two primary issues that seem to occupy our minds and our actions now, we all know that things are more interconnected than ever. Issues, both good and bad, tend to cross over each other. When we think of what we can do to make a difference, sometimes the answer is community involvement, political involvement, speaking out. Of course, these things are important, more important than ever. But it's also important to do whatever you do in the most positive and productive way possible. The issues we face are big, and there's not one answer. Everything we do has to be part of the answer, and that's what we're striving for. On today's show, we talk about technology. We've been working with a team from IBM for about a year now on a new approach to human services systems. It's an approach that supports connectivity, makes work more efficient, helps workers be more flexible, adapts to the changing work environments, and above all, it helps serve families better. Maureen has a conversation with Mike Lochner and Jared Dan, part of the team from IBM who we worked with to develop a new kind of child support system. We got to know them and see them as committed professionals, as people who were like-minded and who wanted to use their talents to make a difference. What started as a technology project quickly became much more than that going to be a great show so stay with us and we'll be right back I'm excited today to have my friends Mike and Jared from the IBM team um, to talk about our new child support system, our low-code uh, modern child support system. As Grace Peak has been traveling around working with different states on strategic planning and um, business process reengineering and, and new initiatives, oftentimes we kind of have these great ideas and then we get to the technology and it feels like we're, we often hit kind of a, um, a barrier with uh, what the technology can do. So we had been kind of looking around to get involved with some kind of technology project and nothing had kind of really um, meshed well for us. So we were so excited, you guys, when we met you and, um, and started building this child support system. I'm incredibly proud of what we built. I'm curious from your end, Jared, um, why you guys did decide to get into the child support space. Yeah, thanks for having us today, Maureen. Um, it's been quite a while in the making as far as probably a good year and a half back. Uh, IBM had tried to identify some of the emerging markets that were coming in the health and human services space and really kind of focused in on child support 
solutions because of the 2017 uh, updated legislature mandates that have passed to do the modernized uh, applications. So we started looking around trying to figure out what it is that we would want to place our bets on from a technology perspective. And Microsoft Dynamics as an application um, really kind of stood out just for its flexibility and the ability to just extend the platform to any business applications across all of um, state needs, not just specific to human services. So what we did is we ended up taking uh, an RFP that came out uh, well over a year ago now for the state of Indiana, the federal certification guidelines. And then David Sattergren from our New York team had recommended Gray's Peak as far as subject matter experts that we should uh, investigate to work with uh, as far as you guys validating requirements for what it was that we were going to build. So got connected um, and really just took off from there and ran a couple of mini projects to build out our complete end-to-end solution on Dynamics. So uh, IBM, Grace Peak, uh, in conjunction with Microsoft now have, as far as I'm aware, the only end-to-end case management, finance and operations, and portal solution on a modernized platform, uh, which is the Dynamics application. Yeah, and it was so fun to build, and that's so weird to say about a technology project, but I don't know. I was thinking about it this morning as I was getting ready, how we, you guys were in the room, and we actually had um, Clark from Grace Peak was with you, but Joe and I were over the phone, and you know sometimes over the phone, it's a little bit hard to make those connect, those personal connections, but it felt like from our end right away, you know, the project you know, we hit the the ground running with a, a really good spirit of um, teamwork. I, Mike, I don't know if you had a, the same thought on your side. Yeah, I absolutely did. Because it was, I was only, I think, four months into IBM when we all first met. So I kind of went into it also a little bit unsure. And then Karen Zeiler as well, uh, the one of the partners in HHS, she was, I think, only a month or two in at IBM. So we had a lot of new IBM kind of faces. And all of my previous um, places that I've worked were much smaller partners. So IBM's one of the first companies that did this kind of strategic partnership. So I kind of went into the week unsure of what to expect and was just so pleasantly surprised that on a person level, um, we all just clicked so well, because like you said, Maureen, you were on the phone and I told you this a few different times. It was love for me at first snort, like the minute you were just <laughs> laughing on the call. It just kind of, we all just vibed and all of the, we were able to have a conversation about child support for three days with, without it feeling like, oh, we're in a room requirements gathering, even even though that's what we were doing, of course. Yeah. Um, but just, it was fun. And we were all, I think we just connected on that empathy level. We all kind of wanted to help people. Um, and I think that kind of general spirit is what, how we started our partnership. And it's kind of still been that, vibe throughout. Yeah, I remember feeling nervous about, you know, IBM is so gigantic and it felt a little intimidating because Grace, you know, Grace Peak is smaller. Um, I'm not a techie person, so I was afraid I was going to get lost right away. And I kind of remember just wanting to put it out there right away that if I was going to be involved in a technology project, like I wanted the whole thing to be focused on helping families and not losing sight of that. And we talked about empathy and you said empathy. I I got you and sent a picture <laughs> of your your newest tattoo that that says empathy on it. So yeah, that that part I think for me is when I kind of got chills too with our partnership because I had just gotten empathy on my bicep uh, because <laughs> it's well I put it there intentionally right because that's that's a way I want to live my life. My strength comes from my heart and how I feel towards people and that human connection is after my forty years of life totally what I learned. But I think we all had the same kind of jitters going in because even at that time, I hadn't met Jared face to face. I'd only talked to Jared over the phone. 
and you can hear his voice. I thought Jared was like 45, 50 years old just based on <laughs> how deep his voice was. And then come to find out he's just this 35-year-old guy who's just so great and down to earth too. So our team in general, I think we just got so lucky with the personalities. Yeah. So we we were able to use this human-centric design. And, you know, I'm as I said, I'm not a technologist, but um, so I feel like when we say that, it means a lot of different things. But for me, it, it really meant designing the, the system around the people that were going to use it. So the employees, as well as really, you know, the, the families that were going to ultimately. Um, on the technology side, what does human-centric mean to you? It's, I, my answer is going to sound cheesy, and I don't mean it to, because it's, it's so authentic. I don't know a different way of designing, is really what my answer is, because I'm not a technical architect. So I'm a senior solution architect at IBM, but... I fancy myself a functional architect, which means I don't know how to do custom code. So for me, once I got out of college, I, I always had good grades and my family was like, go into business. And I went into business very unsure of myself in the IT world. I probably should have gone the psychology route. So I spent the first eight years of my career just being so unsure of myself. For me, I realized that I can learn things quickly. I can learn processes quickly and I know how to connect with people. So I started becoming successful in my career because I took that kind of human-centric approach. Whenever I design any system, I put myself in the shoes or the seat rather of my users. Um, and I can't roll something out that I wouldn't want to use. So I've just always had that approach in me. Um, and I know not everyone always takes that approach, but it's because of my, it's, it's the only area in IT where I excelled, right? Was learning what people needed to do in a system and how to do it easily and then to train them up on that. So that's just, I, that's been my personal recipe for success and my success on projects, I think too. So, and either one of you can answer this, but what does that mean to the end user compared to where they're at today? Like, Yeah, and Jared, I don't mean to steamroll, but you chime in whenever. <laughs> to, to me, it's these old systems are from like 1980s, right? There's more mainframe um, and the user interface was not necessarily built with the user in mind. It was kind of built with probably the limitations of what technology could offer. Systems nowadays... They have, at least within our Microsoft stack, these business process flows, as an example, where it can walk a user through an entire process step-by-step. Step. We also, because of configuration, you can lay out a form with different tabs to make it a very logical layout. So that, for me, I'm always looking at things from a process perspective, and then how do we design the system around that process? So the flexibility of systems like Microsoft Dynamics, because it's low code and it's click and drag configuration, it makes it very easy to... A, do, do what I think is going to hit home for the users, but then to get feedback pretty quickly. And when the users say, hey, that isn't really how it works in my brain, you can make changes so quickly um, within seconds and not days of time, right? Yeah, and I love, I love that. And when you say custom code, Jared, you and I have talked about this a lot. And when we've demoed it for states, you know, some folks that have kind of been around this, the program for a long time might feel kind of nervous about giving up that custom design. And, and what do you, what's your response to that? Yeah, with modern systems, we're trying to really move away from locking yourself into custom code. And what I mean by that is in the traditional sense, um, people would leverage highly skilled developers to write applications that do one thing and they do it well. What they don't do is adapt. And that's why we really focused on the Microsoft Dynamics platform, because it is so adaptable and it does take the end user's uh, perspective as the first priority. And what I really mean by that, and really just expanding upon what Mike said, is our portal, right, is designed with focus on the end user being able to interact with our system. 
as quickly and efficiently as possible and allow them to gather the information that they need at that very moment. From an internal user's perspective, they're able to quickly learn the application and the processes that we've configured to do their day-to-day job, which it really just frees up their time to be able to work on things that they need to work on, whether that be making phone calls to individuals, collecting data, so on and so forth, right? Um, but from a uh, the low no called the low code no code perspective right we're talking about making changes that are rapidly implemented versus having to wait for weekend deployments or doing a monthly deployment uh, so on and so forth right we're able to use the dynamics application and if you had need for instance say like a new field to collect a new data point we can get that into your production system today and all it does is take a matter of minutes to publish that change versus traditional systems in the past they're just they're not as flexible and adaptable so they don't really meet uh, the future focus needs um, as far as what states need to do to better serve their citizens in the modern uh, information technology type of a world. I love that. And and kind of going back to the employees, um, you know, how, how does this impact from a management standpoint? Um, well, you know, one of the things I think about, you know, are my kids. So I have um, three teenage daughters who are, you know, really tech, tech savvy. And I think about if they were to get a job in child support um, and go in and look at, you know, the impact of them looking at a green screen or, you know, a gooey face, you know, the old system. I'm wondering, you know, but you've got this diverse workforce now, you know, from all different kind of generations. And what do you guys think that our child support system, what kind of impact do you think it's going to have on the employees? I can take that one, Mike. Um, So really, be it a new user to the workforce, somebody that's just graduated from college or somebody that's maybe a couple of years away from retirement, our new application on Dynamics, right? It's a Microsoft product to begin with. And Microsoft products tend to play very well with other Microsoft products. And what I mean by that is people are already using Microsoft Word, Microsoft Excel, PowerPoint, right? So on and so forth, even Outlook. You can run Dynamics from within Outlook. So you never even have to leave your Outlook application to do your day-to-day job if that's how you wanted to engage with the system. The benefits, though, are really all around. It's very intuitive to use. We logically group areas of the system so that way you're not having to flip around to 20 different green screens, right? We have a case management process, for instance, that's completely tailored to each state's needs or would be when we do the implementation project. And then they sit there and reside on that form for the majority of all of the work that they need to do. So we group all of the fields that they need to uh, gather information on or any of the job tasks that they need to do. And they're not flipping around to different screens to try to spend time locating what it is they need to do. It's all right there on a single screen for them to act upon. Yeah. And I'll chime in too. I think it's a couple of things. I think the truth being, it's, there's there's going to be an organizational change that is, is going to take place with these new systems, right? So there is going to be some training and there's going to be a bit of a learning curve. But the way that I look at it is with the older systems, users are probably having to memorize steps, right? The, the design's probably not quite as logical. There were technology limitations. So if I'm, th- if I'm thinking about these older systems, I could see users getting to a point where they're memorizing steps but they've been using this system for 10, 20 years or however long. So those steps have become second nature. So they're going to have to unlearn that. But I think the benefit of these modern systems is it's a logical design. Hopefully that we've set it up in a way that all the steps do make sense. So it's not quite memorization as much as really learning a process. And to me, learning a process is much easier to remember than memorizing steps, if that makes sense. 
Yeah. And, and what I love is when we look at the new system and I only, you know, just barely used the child support system when I was in the county, but you, you're right. You had to remember code X, Y is what takes you to that screen and, and all of, but all of the workarounds, it was just incredible how, you know, they had cheat sheets all over their desk. And so what I love about our system is even if you do kind of forget the process, the system is kind of prompting you on the workflows and prompting you on if you're stuck knowledge articles. And so you don't have those huge training manuals and, um, I don't know, it just makes a lot more sense to be set up that way. Yeah. And you're saying workflow too. I, we should probably be a little clear with plug. There's so much automation, right? So the system will keep a user moving forward, even if, even if they may be stuck with the automation, queuing up the next tasks, sending things to queues. So there's so much automation also behind the scenes, helping the worker kind of stay on track. So I think there's, of course, there's a change. There's going to be a learning curve, but I think it's going to be a learning curve that's much easier to tackle than say the old systems. Right. And, and don't you feel like the younger generations that are coming into child support, it is difficult to recruit, um, you know, new workers into child support or human services in general. So to me, this is another way to kind of bridge that gap and, and make people what they're using at home is going to feel really comfortable. Like Jared said, all the Microsoft products, they're going to they're already going to know all of that. Yeah, totally, because it's something. It, it may not sound sexy to talk about a case support system, but it's a screen that these workers are going to be looking at all day, right? So you want them, if, if I'm a younger person, they, they want the, the latest and greatest technology. They want to know that even if some of my tasks are a bit mundane, I'm helping a greater cause and using cool technology that's fun to use, intuitive to use. I think the other things about these modern systems is they also integrate natively with, with collaboration tools like Microsoft Teams, right? So for those younger people or even new caseworkers, there's a collaboration tool that sits outside of Microsoft Dynamics, but it's a way for people and new caseworkers to communicate with one another, to do instant messaging, to do calls. And if a lot of states were to even um, start adopting Microsoft Teams, it could be used for these interstate cases as well. So I think the collaboration tools that also exist and natively inter, um, integrate with Dynamics is also a huge win. Yeah, I, I just think that part is incredible. Well, speaking of the man, so kind of the management aspect, it, it hit me during. So we started developing this system, of course, before COVID hit. But while that was all kind of playing out, and we had clients who, you know, immediately had to to get people working from home, and and all of the setup of trying to get these old systems to be, you know, have remote access and all, all of the issues with that very paper driven systems. It just struck me that now is the right time. I mean, now is the, the time to modernize and, and be, be able to access the system remotely. And um, I don't know if you guys have thought about the system related to COVID at all. So I can touch on that a little bit. Um, it's definitely a system that lends itself to the modern uh, new age as far as our new normal. Uh, with COVID, um, you know, we saw work workplace kind of dissipate from office buildings and kind of spread out to home offices. So individuals needed the ability to access their applications that typically reside on servers at somebody's business. With our approach um, in being software as a service, you're able to access the Dynamics environment to do all of your case management processes over the internet, right? So you don't have any of that limitation with having to be on-site or VPNing in uh, to your internal networks to be able to access the application. And then on top of that, like Mike said, with Teams, right, you're able to remotely collaborate with other users or um, 
uh, coworkers to you know keep these cases progressing moving forward. And then as a company, if you have um, new features and functionality that you need to be able to roll out and adapt. Uh, so like, let's say there's some data points that you wanted to collect on COVID. We can roll those out the uh, same day, potentially, or within at least a couple of days, depending upon how intensive it is that you need to uh, do versus some of those older, um, call them legacy systems. Just they don't set up to be able to uh, rapidly change uh, like Dynamics does. Yeah. Hey, hey Jared, I'm sorry to cut you off, Maureen. This is your no, show. <laughs> Jared, I was going to say, is this a good time to kind of just discuss the um, the government cloud versus commercial cloud just to... No, the cloud is sexy, so you can talk about that. <laughs> yeah, just, just to... Yeah, so there's no concerns about internet security. Yeah. Um, so there's a couple of different instances that you can uh, deploy your solutions into on Microsoft. So being that it's software as a service and hosted by Microsoft in their data centers across the United States, your data doesn't ever leave the continental U S right. So that's a big thing for one. And then you have the option to deploy it into a, what's known as the commercial cloud or the government cloud. Government cloud has the highest levels of certification uh, for HIPAA. You can go out onto the internet, right? And just, do a quick Google search for Microsoft Dynamics Government Cloud and see all of the certs that come with it. But there, there's no concern with any type of data privacy or security issues. Everything's 100% secure and backed by service level agreements with financial-based penalties by Microsoft themselves. Yeah, I think that'll make people feel secure. It's interesting. So going back to one of our first demos, and I think we were all a little nervous and we practiced and we did the run-through. And one of our first demos, we got the question... Um, am I buying a Cadillac or am I buying, and I can't remember, it was kind of some kind of funny car and we kind of all looked at each other. And then I think it was Joe who said, you're, you're not really buying a car like this. It's not like the old system of, you know, the old way of buying systems. This isn't a system that you buy and use and kind of maintain and take it in for the oil change. This isn't, can, can you talk a little bit more about that, that concept that you're not, you're more, you know, what are we buying? Yeah, so Dynamics is a software as a service platform application. It comes pre-configured out of the box with 300 plus entities. And what I mean by an entity, for instance, is like a contact record. It already has all of the basic fields that you're going to need to capture information on, such as, you know, like first name, last name, date of birth, city, street, address, all of, all of those just demographic type information. Um what we then do is further configure and extend the application to meet your business needs via uh, imp providing implementation services from IBM to do that configuration and then integrate to other uh, internal or even external applications. So what you're really buying is an application that day one comes out of the box ready to use. And then we're able to further configure that to meet your specific business needs. And then on top of that, Microsoft has a roadmap that goes out for multiple years with additional features and capabilities that they keep coming out with to make the product even easier to use. And what I mean by that, right, is we used to have to use uh, some more archaic type workflows to um, accomplish automation. They've made it so much easier now that they've rebranded to this power platform where it's literally just drag and drop and then deploy capabilities to where it's somebody that's like a, a business analyst is able to do these things where in the past it would take, you know, like a pretty seasoned developer to accomplish. Yeah. And it, that reminds me, it's funny when we were, you, we were all getting together and kind of first talking about the design of the system 
we kept saying like child support is complex, child support is different. It's not, you know, it's not like every other system, but as we started developing it, you, you, you're right. It doesn't take, you know, um, you don't have to have a whole team of coders anymore working through, I don't know what those spreadsheets are called, but all the work change orders and all of that, like you really can have an integrated, you know, business team that's able to, to work with the analyst to make the configure the system the way you want it to, to work. Yeah, and I think that's been a change in probably in the last 10 years or so. Projects back in the day might have been more IT focused. I would rarely, there's there's rarely any projects these days that aren't business and IT sponsored, right? And it's because of how the systems are also changing. So especially on any Microsoft Dynamics system, when we put this into any state, my expectation would be we'd have almost more business users than IT users on, on the state side really helping us, right? Because our focus is going to be what do the caseworkers need? What is the functionality? In terms of the technology, we've got that kind of nailed down now, and we don't have to go too custom because we have so much at our fingertips in terms of configuration. So it, it what I really love about the tool as well is on a weekly basis, we, we usually deploy these in an agile, or we usually develop them in an agile style, right, in terms of methodology. So that means on a weekly basis, we are showing our clients or, or any state what we're building. We're doing show and tells. We're doing demos. We're getting constant feedback. Back in the day, my biggest fear used to be we'd spend months and months designing. Our team would go away and build. And before Agile became more of the trend in terms of methodology, there could be three to six months before the client even saw what we would build. And there's this big kind of, it's about to be user acceptance testing and the client's not seen it. And you, I used to have this fear of it's been six months since they've really been looking at this system. And all of those fears kind of go away because you're working hand in hand with the business users who know the processes. Yeah, it- well, speaking of Agile, one of the things that I love about this system, too, is that, you know, historically, the the process of even getting to buying a new system is so long. So you start gathering requirements, you start bringing user groups together to talk about what do we want the future to look like. And I've been part of those groups and you get really excited and you start brainstorming ideas and here's what we could do and here's how we could help families. So you gather the requirements and then you, you know, ask for a feasibility you know, funding, then you get your feasibility funding, then you put out by time you do all of that. And then you get the system implant, you know, implemented. It's been so long that the requirements are probably outdated. The, the, the program has changed and, and evolved, but you're kind of stuck with what you wanted, you know, several years ago. Yeah, absolutely. And the way, that, the way we can do it within an agile, I almost call it more iterative waterfall than agile because especially in kind of the public sector space, you kind of want to know at least the scope up front in terms of budget, right? So I still, we still like to try to control that. To it, People hear agile sometimes and they think that budget isn't really um, constrained up front. So we definitely take more of an iterative waterfall, but we execute in a scrum-like or agile format because of exactly what you said, Marie. And I want that constant feedback. And let's say the first month is our case management sprint, the second month or the next few months is financial operations. What you can also do is you can structure sprints to pull in other stories and you can create this backlog so that there's a, during the, the entire project development, which could span a year, two years, however long, you can be swapping in what priorities are currently most important, right, from the backlog. So it does allow a lot of flexibility. Um, I, I like flexibility with the right amount of structure in place. When you've got these huge projects that take a year plus and you've got, you know, 20, 30 different resources, you have to have the right structure in place. But an, an agile approach allows for that flexibility, the ongoing conversation, and ensuring that along the way that your stakeholder, you're not losing your stakeholders as the development team's just off 
running with what they think is a brilliant right. idea. So it just kind of forces that constant collaboration. Yeah, no, I, I, that's really exciting to me, that piece of it. The uh, term that always stuck with me, Maureen, was we want to fail fast with Agile. And that, that might sound kind of strange, but it really rings true in that if we're not hitting whatever it is that your needs are, um, as far as what it is that we're building for a system, we want to know and we want to know now. So that way we can adapt and adjust on the fly so we can course correct and start working on exactly what it is that your requirements are. So that's what's great about the Agile methodology in that, you know, with these playbacks, if we do them every week or every two weeks, you get to see the new functionality that's been deployed to your UAT environment. You can even go in there and test it out and verify that these user stories that have been uh, broken down into work tasks and then those tasks have been built in the system, they get to go in there and verify exactly what it was that was built, provide feedback to us, and then we can course correct uh, if necessary to truly give them what it is that they need. I think that's so important. And it's interesting because I was involved in a project a long, long time ago. Uh, I'll, I'll leave out the number of years. But during <laughs> the process of implementing part of you know a, a technology project, the legislation, uh, legislate there was new legislation that came out that changed the course of the whole project. And you think about that, you know, that's kind of how the modern world works is, you know, we had six months to change course and we've been working on it for a year. So the fact that the project, not only is the system flexible, but also how we implement the, how we train, how we, we, you know, from end to end, the involvement is just more flexible. I totally, I totally agree, Maureen. I didn't, I don't have a follow-up comment. I know, I just, well, you know, I was, with the dead space, I totally agree. I didn't really think that as a question more than just. <laughs> um, Mike, you and I are complete um, bleeding hearts, as you said. And mm -hmm. when you get excited about this system, because we do get excited, and that's, I mean, there's no denying that. But when we get, when you get excited, what excites you most about our new child support system? I, I like the, it's going to be a significant change. And I don't mean that in a scary way. I think it's going to be a significant change that all the states are ready to make and need to make. So I think there is going to be that initial fear, right, of any type of change. But I think it's going to be such a pleasant change after you get over that initial hump. Um, I think, too, meeting you and Joe and Grace Peak, it kind of was my first window into this child support world because I'm not specific to any industry. I'm a Microsoft guy. So I get lucky when I'm on a health and human services project because it does align more to my personal values. So I think working with you and Joe and you guys getting us a window into child support and the more conferences that we've been attending and the people that we're meeting, there's a lot of beautiful bleeding hearts within this space. So I think that aspect of helping end users that I really vibe with, that I know could be really excited about technology, and I also know that their hearts are in the right place in terms of what work they want to do on this planet and with their life. All of that for me, technology is, it can be exciting. And I'm, I'm, I've learned to start really liking technology because I've been doing this for almost 18 years, but it wasn't, I mean, technology is not what gets me out of bed in the morning. It's, it's hope, hopefully having a positive impact on people. So I think it's, it's also this group of people that I've met at all these conferences and just their point of view and, and who they are, that is exciting to me because there are people that care about the kids and are really trying to make a difference. I yeah. talked for a while. I think I answered the question, though. <laughs> <laughs> Jared, okay. when you think about, um, you know, a family getting child support faster or a family not being labeled as a traditional mom and dad um, and two kids kind of family, like what gets you excited about helping families with this new technology? 
for me, it's it's really getting a modern system in place. Um, things that get me excited, right, are new technology, doing things faster, more efficiently. What I want to be able to do with our application is to put the information in the fingertips of the people that need it as quickly as possible and to have it be as accurate as possible. And what I mean by that is I don't want somebody to be frustrated from a, call it a custodial or non-custodial parent perspective, because they're not able to get the benefits that have been mandated by the state for them. So what, what I love about our application and what Mike's built is just the streamlined processes and how much time we're going to save these families to get them the benefits that they need to ensure that their children have the best chance at growing up and being successful and hopefully one day joining our team. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, and I've always thought, you know, and I've, I've fluctuated over the years um, and I've really evolved in my thought processes about the families that we serve. But to me, sometimes I, what gets me out of bed in the morning is exactly that. It's that somebody's going to be able to play soccer or somebody's going to be able to have, you know, a family dinner tonight because we made a system that works for them. And I've worked on projects where the child support, the order gets, you know, granted, but there, there's nothing put on the system for six months. And, you know, I think about our system and how it's going to be smart and adaptable and it's going to, it really will make a difference um, in, in families' lives. So and one more thing too, Maureen, I think I, what I liked about when we all first started meeting our, our design, or at least our conversations around design, it was really clear up front that we wanted to create a system or at least design it in a way that there's no bad guys in, in this equation. Yeah. There, the custodial parent, the non-custodial parent, the child, we, life is just hard in general. We took the approach of everyone's trying to do the best that we can, that they can. So from the get-go, I think when we even started this, it was child support enforcement was kind of the buzzwords. And then it became child support engagement at, I think, WICSEC, right? It was when right. there was just kind of a change in terminology, which, which I liked because it softened that enforcement to more of an engagement. And we took the approach of even one of the processes we have built early on is that early intervention with the non-custodial parent. Because I think our approach is it's, it's about setting the expectations up front. Here's what's going to be ex- expected of the custodial and non-custodial parent. And trying to partner with all parties, no one's the bad guy, and ultimately just trying to get the financial support that the child needs. So I think that approach is also really refreshing. I think you might have just come up with our new tagline, child support, there is no bad guy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and the other thing, not to be all all soft, but the other thing that reminded me of really early on, you and I were talking, and I said, let's not design a system that's it's mom and a dad. There's two moms, there's two dads, there's caretakers and grandparents taking care of kids. And we all ha- we all really gelled really quickly because we realized that families are changing and our systems are still old and that they, you know, they're not adaptable to the changing American family. So I don't know if you have the same um, idea when we were first talking about this. I, I had to because, so I'm gay and, and I have a husband. So just from my own personal life, I think of things not in the traditional normal sense, right? So yeah, I think families have gotten more modern and more diverse and it, it, which I think is just so beautiful. So I think these modern systems allow that flexibility too and are ultimately just more inclusive. So right. I, appreci- I appreciated that upfront, I was able to share that part of my personal life. I think in our first meeting with you right, and Joe right. and the Great Speaking, because it, it is a huge part of what shaped shapes my lens and my perspective, right? So yeah. Absolutely. And there's always workarounds. There's always workarounds. So there may be two moms on a case and the child support 
you know, old system could handle that, but it didn't feel the same because you were, you know, pigeonholing, um, you know, a woman's name into a, you know, a male field, data field. And, you know, there, there are workarounds, but it feels like the new system that we've built doesn't, you know, lay any assumptions on top of, you know, the case. Yeah. And I, I do my best to design it that way because, yeah, I, I want an inclusive system where there's not a two-bit field for gender, for example. I mean, there's there's a, a, a breadth of diversity in the world, and I think systems need to capture that. And I think systems need to reflect what we want to see in the world, and that's as much inclusion as possible. Jared, were you going to say something? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say... Uh... So a little bit of my background, right? My parents divorced when I was in fourth grade and I got lucky from the traditional sense that they were amicable for a split perspective. And we never had to really go through um, child support orders because they both just took care of me. But what I like from the system that we've built is it's set up to handle that, right? But it's also set up to handle all of the other scenarios where maybe it doesn't play out so well for the family. So as Mike said, you know, like that early intervention piece that we built into this is just so important so that we can identify problems before they happen and then help those families course correct so that way they don't get in trouble um, with the states, right? So let's really set them up to be as successful as possible. Yeah, absolutely. So one thing I love about this system too is that we've been talking to some tribal folks about um, implementing the system on a tribal level for really small, you know, for really small programs. So this system can work for the biggest, we've talked to some of the, you know, bigger states, we've talked to tribal programs. Can you guys talk about just the adaptability and in, in the size that it could serve? So what's nice about the application and how we designed it is that it's really a modular approach and that being a, it's an accelerator on Microsoft Dynamics, it, once we engage with a, a tribe, a, a state, whatever it may be from a business perspective, we're able to deploy our solution to their environment on day one. And then you've sprung board or springboarded your way through six plus months of development and multiple millions of dollars of spend that we're willing to give away for free. And when you come to some of these smaller entities, and it, you know, it's not because it's smaller for what they do, it's smaller just from a caseload perspective. We're able to break out just say the, the case management piece and focus really on that. And we can implement these things in uh, proof of concept style. So that way, um, you know, we can stand you up and have a fully functioning system available to you. Granted, it probably won't have any integration done, but that can be accomplished in a matter of weeks, let alone months. No, I was just going to say too, for me, it was, I, I think WixSec was one of the conferences where the, just the, the representation from the tribes to me, I just thought was so beautiful and amazing. Um, you know, on a personal note too, my husband's um, 50% Native American. It's a part of his history that he doesn't know much about, and it, but it's a part of, of him that I just find to be so beautiful and mysterious. So I think the minute we were at WixSec and I just saw the tribal representation, I, I wanted to help as much as we could. To me, it's a it's an underserved um, community. And I was just so happy when, when we kind of started brainstorming is, is there any way that we could start talking with tribes too, to make it so that it's not this huge system, it can be smaller, we can put it in much more quickly. And we all got so creative to, to try to help, whether it's a tribe or a state, any size, um, kind of execute what they need. So I was, I was just really pleasantly surprised too, for all the little personal aspects of my life that have come into play since meeting you, Maureen and Joe and all the Grace Peak gang, it's just kind of felt like this very beautiful, organic way of bringing all these just different parts of things that I value and technology together. Um, yeah. 
So yeah, that part for me was also been really refreshing. And our, our first meeting was with, you know, Delaware tribe of Indians and just getting to sit in that room and getting yeah. to share with them technology and trying to get creative in terms of how we can get it funded and help execute. To me, it was just, it was really a powerful meeting. Yeah, it was. And, you know, we had gone all the way to Oklahoma and it was kind of an adventure getting there. Um, and when we got there, um, you know, when we sat in the room with all of them and, and heard about, you know, what they're facing and the problems and the barriers and um, we all left and like just were hugging in the parking lot. We were so excited, you know, to be able to help them. And it's been it's been that's I mean, I knew I loved you guys before, but after that meeting, it was just like we are now family. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely how it felt. And, yeah. also, and also, I'd I, like the expect the expectation is what was kind of bummed me out because we left that meeting and they were telling us everything they wanted. Yeah, you could still feel they didn't have an expectation of really getting anything. And I like that we have still been trying, right, to make it happen for that group. And it makes it makes me very proud to be a part of this team. Yeah, coming out of that meeting and just hearing about their current state of child support and what it is that they would like to do um, you know, from a future state perspective, I was energized just because there's so many out of the box features that come with dynamics that are just going to make their lives so much easier as far as doing the the data collection and processing. Right. And then, and you mentioned too, or we didn't mention, but the tour that we got of their facility, if you just see the way that the tribe organized the building that they have, and they're making use of every room, they're thinking about every possible scenario where they could be helping a family or helping parents, their entire little facility was just really beautiful and inspired, right? Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, we've, you talk about the conferences and it's funny because child support's one of those industries and a lot of people in the industry will tell you that, you know, it's not, it's obviously not a, a major that someone goes to college for, like, I want to be a child support worker when I grow up. But once you get into the program, the, just the people that you come across are just so passionate and driven. Um, that it, It's kind of addicting, really. It's a program that's really special. And you guys have sure hit it off at, at all of the conferences and fit right in with, um, yeah, I remember taking you to one of the WICSEC uh, happy hours and, and I thought, well, I should probably go find my friends and make sure that they're not you know alone. And I looked over and you guys were at a table, you know, with 20 other people laughing and, and making plans. So it's been really fun. We'd stolen all your friends. I just missed the days of <laughs> conferences and travel, right? And even being face-to-face, it seems so long ago now. Yeah, I'm, I'm anxious to, to hit the road again with you guys and, and be able to demo our, our system. Well, any other last thoughts that you guys have? or For me, just thanks for having us on. Um, really enjoyed this format and having this free-flowing conversation and really look forward uh, to pursuing opportunities that we've been working on and anything future uh, that we can come up with for child support. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I really appreciate you guys. As you know, you're my favorites. You make me laugh. We've had a lot of real, really great times and uh, I, I'm really proud um, of the system that we've built. And I think it it hopefully reflects in how we talk about it because it's not just a child support system you know, it's really a, a methodology and a way, you know, a new way of doing business to help families and, and help the employees that use it. So um, thank you guys so much. And um, we'll, we'll be talking with you soon.
Well, thanks again to Jared and to Mike and, of course, to Maureen for being on the show today. And wherever you happen to be listening, please hit the subscribe button because we have a lot more great episodes coming up. We'd love to hear from you and get your ideas and your feedback. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show, please reach out to us on the contact link on our website. News from the Peak is a project of Grace Peak Strategies and is produced by Maureen Life, David Ram, Robert Riddle, and me. You can find the podcast and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and Radio Public. You can learn more about us at gracepeakstrategies.com. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Grays Peak, and we're easy to find on Facebook and LinkedIn as well. This was News from the Peak. I'm Joe Mamlin. Thanks for joining us. You guys, the only other uh, question that I kind of wanted to raise so that everyone... Back can you guys hear that? Yeah, I can you definitely, definitely can. hear that now. Sounds yeah. like a wall's coming down. Oh, <laughs> there it is. There, Joe, there it is. Make sure that that makes it to the end credits. Yeah. <laughs> well, so the cleaning lady hasn't come for eight weeks, so she's probably out there, like, you know, really being beat. <laughs> Murphy's Law. Hey Maureen, how many um, how many likes or new followers do we have to get so that I get like a recurring monthly spot here in this podcast? <laughs> I just want to know what I'm shooting for. <laughs> I think, our, yeah, we can give you some specific stats, but with your new microphone, I think yeah, I think you should be golden. <laughs> yeah, I'm expecting fame, so looking forward to it.